Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. John J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn, Chris Kenny, in with J. Will. Can I bring some up real quick? Always. So when CC walked in, the first thing I saw was, yes, the yellow sweater. Stunning, by the way. I like it. And then I also saw him doing something that we had a conversation about before the show started. Yeah. He was rubbing lotion on the hands. Sure. See, I'm a big lotion user, CC. Yeah. And Alan and I talked about this. He likes to use lotion as well. Moisturizes. Moisture. Probably the, Moisturizer. Yeah. Moisturizer. Yeah. Does Moisture. the word Moisturizer. lotion make you feel uncomfortable? Lotion yeah. user. Could, we want you to frame it a certain lotion way. Lotion user. Yeah. Uh, lotion phrasing. user is a little bit of an uncomfortable way to put it. Okay. Moisturizing. <laughs> sounds or, a, sounds or little, comfortable. <laughs> just sounds too personal. So then we, we started this whole conversation, right, with... You know, our producers in the control room, and I'm like, you know, one of our guys, Pat Casello, I'm like, mm-hmm. Pat, do you use lotion? He's like, no, I don't, I don't, no, I don't use moisturizer. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, Evan, do you use moisturizer? And it led to a really interesting play. He's like, oh, yeah, I use it on weekends. On weekends. On as weekends. Oppo- as opposed to using it during the course of the week. Yes, and then see the conversation just, mm-hmm. I love when conversations kick off Leisure this time, way. Chris. Because then it leads time. into other things you find out about people. Because then we got into, well, how often do you shower? He's like, well, I, I shower, you know, but then I air dry. On weekends. Mm. <laughs> so lotions and air drying. Oh, Evan, would you like to defend yourself? I just, yeah, there's context here. I wake up very early in the morning to get here. I am showering at like 2.45. I don't have time to lotion and, uh, you know, let it let it sit in and, and then, you know, get dressed and come to work. So I don't lotion Why do you have to let the, the Why do you have to let the moisturizer sit in? Sit in? How much I don't like to put in? clothes like, like on. I don't like to put clothes on. I don't like to put clothes on right after. Actually, So, yeah, the- on the weekend, I like to walk around, air dry, <laughs> and then I'll put lotion on. I'll let that air dry, and then I'll get dressed. I have more time on the weekend to do all that. Guys, can I, can I just first, first and foremost apologize? the air drying process? We're all white people out there, and I, and I probably need to just address... <laughs> <laughs> my people right now and just understand something <laughs> that you guys are my brothers and you guys yes. talk about mm, ashy all the time and i try to re- remind you that you know white people do get ashy too we do need to moisturize as well and after a shower especially when you use soap your skin dries out you need to use moisturizer otherwise you'll have dry skin so you must do that so you do it every day. But see, and you guys know, can by the way, you're not the only one waking up at 2.45 my hand every day. Does that count? Uh, yeah, that's helpful. But, but see, we all guys- wake up early, and we all take the shower, and then we all, dis- at least I do, moisturize. See, and I don't, I don't take on. a shower anymore. I take a shower before I get in bed. Oh, Alan's right. been here three yeah, weeks, yeah, and he's like, right. oh, we all wake up yes, early. Yes, that's right. That's the thing. I can't go to bed in my bed funky. I'm like, I can't. No. like I can't start a day without a shower, though. Really? Can't start. See, I can start my day. Because I literally wake up. I have all my clothes ready. Get up, brush your teeth, have my rhythm. Mm-hmm. And then I, so you're I, just taking your bed bugs with you? Is that what you're doing? I don't have bed bugs. Yes. Oh, everybody what? has bed bugs. Some form of it. Wait, what? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody does. You didn't know that? No, I didn't no, know I that. Didn't you're know educating that. me on something no, right do now. Do I need to I get like a that. black light? No, no, I need no, to get no, a black no, light not, and go over it, my bed it, to make sure. No, it's not salacious hotel bed bug thing. It's just body has bacteria and stuff, and it happens. So, yeah. So you shower. Snap out your sheet every day when you make your bed. You got to snap it out. You get air to it, and it kills most so, of it. So help me out with the game plan, Alan. That means you shower when you get into your bed, and then you shower when you get up in the morning. I don't necessarily shower literally right before bed, usually after the workout. And then for the rest of the day, that's pretty much where I'm at. I'm okay with two showers a day. Like, Alan takes – our producer takes too many showers. Quite a I few. can't. He yeah. takes a shower before he goes to play basketball. Mm. Why? Mm. I don't understand this. Clean sweat. Try to warm up. What's a clean sweat? Alan, defend yourself. Clean sweat? 
Yeah, clean sweat better than dirty sweat. Because, like, what if you go there and you hooping and you don't really smell as good as you thought you did? You get the shower before you go hoop. It so don't you, matter what you smell like afterwards because oh, you're getting a shower afterwards. So if you if you feel good, you play good. The only problem is <laughs> there's always that one good, dude, yeah. and I end up covering him all the time. It's like Will Ferrell, hair, hairy guy that decides, <laughs> we're skins. Like, no, use you're no, not skins. Use no deodorant You're not skins. No, no, not you, because you look like you're wearing a sweater anyway, and i got to guard you now. And, of course, he's Mr. Post-Up with the arm up, but it's, like, in your face and – what oh yeah, he's going. He's going, he's going that guy's going to get a bucket whenever he wants. So yeah, no, everybody knows that guy around every YMCA in the country. <laughs> everybody knows that dude. Yeah. Don't be that guy. So tweet at us like, how many times do you you know moisturize a day? I just this yeah, is a good this is a legit question. Moisturizing is an important I do part it of your daily routine. Every morning, I'm paranoid. Well, I, I'm paranoid about it when we come on air, just because it's so apparent. Like if you don't moisturize your hands, you have ashy knuckles. Yeah. You see that white stuff. In between your knuckles, that's always a bad look. See, I'm not going to lie. When I'm around the house on weekends, I do become ashy, Larry. I do. Like, I but just... nobody else knows it but you. Exactly. That's okay. Yes. But when you're on national TV, TV there's no excuse right. to yeah. come on with ashy knuckles. I say to Keyshawn all the time. Yeah. He's wearing chucks during the winter. I'm like, I'm like lotioning your ankles. It's embarrassing yeah, for you us. You don't want to look like you've been battering chicken. No! It's not a good look. It's not. <laughs> Oh, man. How's this look in Todd McShay's mock draft Uh, 4.0 as we look at it? (laughs) Quarterbacks go in the first three for Todd McShay. This just released today. Trevor Lawrence, of course, now at number two. He also consistent with Zach Wilson. Mac Jones to the Niners at three and at four. Kyle Pitts to the Falcons, not a fourth quarterback, as a lot of people were starting to suggest. He does have five quarterbacks going. Uh, in the first 11 with the Patriots getting Justin Fields. This is a very interesting mock draft for him. But if I may go back into Jets fandom for a moment here, and I see Zach Wilson's name next to the Jets at two, and I continue to just have – I continue to get into my feelings. Because not only is it, are you sure, are you really sure, are you sure you're sure about Zach Wilson, and of course then the decision to move on from Sam Darnold. Also, are you sure you're sure you don't want to trade out and get a whole bunch of assets and continue to build your franchise that way? But then I see Diana Rossini tweet about how GMs and head coaches are just gushing, as she put it, geeking out about Kyle Pitts, the tight end. Without even being asked about him, they're just telling you what they think of him. And then Kyle Pitts, as my Jets anxiety continues to grow, a tight end that would make a quarterback like Sam Darnold look really good, he decides then to tell us where he thinks he could rank all time among tight ends. I would say just it's going to come with consistency over the years. You know, once I enter the NFL, I want to start at a high level and, and keep increasing every year and being able to do do other things that other tight ends aren't doing, you know, which will make me special. So I feel like at the end of the day, with all the preparation and just through the years, I feel like I'll at the end be the best to ever do it. Best to ever do See, it. But I, I, I don't best to, no, no, Jay. That, that wasn't said in a cocky or arrogant no, way. No, no, it wasn't just, said that way. But as a Jets fan, I hear him say that with confidence and conviction, and I go, oh, God, he's going to become the best to ever do it. And they're going to go, the Jets at number two took this scrub or traded out when they could have gotten Alan, Alan, I, I, a I Hall of Fame you. tight end that could have made Sam I, Darnold I great. You are I'm in a glass case of emotion. A perpetual misery. Yes. I mean, every day on our text chain, it's like, oh, what are we going to do to mess this up? It, it's See, see, I can't deal with it. I don't live my life this way. You have the second pick in the draft, Alan. The Jets have the second pick in the draft. 
Yeah. Make a decision. Yeah, you can't. There's too many decisions. Oh, That's the problem. But it's and not whatever too- it's going to be, whatever the Stop decision you make. Stop your fingernails. I, make a decision. I don't even have any anymore. Down to the cuticles. <laughs> let me help you out with this decision. <laughs> let, me, let me help you out a little bit. Just a little bit. You Please, say there's Chris. a lot of different decisions that the Jets have to make at two. Yes. It really ain't. It really nope. ain't. The question is, do you think Sam Donald can play quarterback in the NFL? Not that he hadn't been supported properly by the organization. Not that he got an unfair shake at it his first three years. Do you think that he can play quarterback? And if you don't, then there is no decision. You got to take a quarterback. Because as great as Kyle Pitts is, he got to have somebody to throw him the football. True. And you don't know if Sam Donald can be that dude. So I know everybody's getting enamored with the physical attributes of Kyle Pitts. And when I'm sitting here looking at it and they're comparing him side by side with Calvin Johnson's measurables mm. coming out of Georgia Tech, mm. I mean, it's, it's pretty scary. I mean, Kyle Pitts, 6'6", 246 pounds, wingspan, 83 inches, 4444. Calvin Johnson, 6'5", 239 pounds, wingspan, 82 inches, 40-yard mm. dash, 435. Why are you doing that? that that's man? that's pretty close. That that's pretty you, close at, for a guy that went, went second Johnson. overall. Now we already know what's, what, what size, by the way, is his sport coat, so we can get it ready for Canton. Oh yeah, that's because right? you know that's coming. Yeah, first ballot, no question about it. But here's Great. the thing: you got to have a quarterback, and if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't make any sense to go in any other direction. If you're the Jets, so Alan, do you believe in Sam Darnold? Yeah, yeah, I actually do. Okay. Like, I don't think he's so bad that you've got to just pull the plug and throw him in the garbage. I don't think he's that bad that if you just gave him capable weapons and a good offensive line that you could just completely just throw him out the window and start over again. I think if you got him a somebody like that who could be a, a quarterback's best friend, you could totally win with Sam Darnold. There's no reason to th- – what are you guys laughing at? I don't think he's that bad. <laughs> I don't – He's not that bad. He's not Jay. that bad. That's like well, he's not well, that she's, bad. She's not that bad looking. I mean, she's she's okay. If you if you squint, <laughs> she's and you looking better. The, and you dim the lights a well, little the bit. More cocktails from I have. the right angle. I'm glad you guys it's gonna are, work. I'm glad you guys are enjoying this. Okay, this is it not is. easy. The it's, draft's in less than a month. It's in weeks now. Weeks. They have the number two pick, and there's still no clarity on what what they should do. Not what they're going to do. But what they should do. There's no clarity there. No, None. there's clarity. There's clarity on what Joe Douglas and Rob Sala want to do. Are you sure? How, how many teams that have a franchise quarterback said, yeah, we'll pick up the phone and listen to trade offers? Have you heard teams that, that feel not. like they have a – you think the Kansas City Chiefs are nope. picking up the phone and listening to trade offers for Pat Mahomes? No, they're not. It ain't going to happen because they know they got a franchise quarterback. Preach. And that's the most valuable commodity in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It becomes even more valuable Tell if em. you got that guy on a rookie deal. Yep. So if you're Joe Douglas right now and you're not sold on Sam Donald – then you have to move on from him and you have to draft Zach Wilson. We're talking about a quarterback draft where as many as five guys can go in the top ten picks. It doesn't make any sense to do anything else with the number two overall. Oh my God. The good news is – He's preaching good, right now. The good news preaching. is like – I'm at church. Preaching. This is I'm Sunday going church, through, Alan. Preaching. While I'm going through Jets angst, at least I have the Yankees. An opening day in baseball today and the Yankees and the Blue Jays start us off – at 1 o'clock today. Rob Benford, by the way, on Greeny at 11 a.m. Must listen. And you can also tune into baseball's opening day as the Nationals host the other New York team, the Mets. Coverage begins tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, and at 7 p.m. on ESPN. I love stuff like that. (laughs) He's not that bad.
We continue the football conversation. KJZ, ESPN Radio, Alan Hahn, Chris Canty, Super Bowl champion, Jay Will, National Player of the Year, National Champion, dancer, apparently. (laughs) You're feeling it today, aren't you? And we're joined by Oklahoma head coach, speaking of champions, four-time Big 12 champion, Lincoln Riley, who joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. So, Coach, I, I don't. You know, again, we have. I have all kinds of angst when it comes to the draft and everything like that. Your perspective as a college coach, watching players go from the college game into the draft, obviously much different. When you see pro days and how oh, so many of us, whether it's media and fans, just get so excited about a pro day where there's really no defense and it's in a controlled environment. Do you laugh at that stuff? Do you think it's kind of funny to to that a pro day has that much energy behind it? I do, I do, and good morning. Uh, I, I certainly do. Now, this year has been, I think there was a little bit more emphasis on the pro days this year just because, you know, the scouts weren't able to go out and, you know, come out to our practices, you know, come out to the games. Um, obviously not having a combine, um, you know, not having the individual workout. So there's there's a lot of kind of face time that the, the prospects of this year's draft missed. So there maybe was a little bit more importance on this one, and I think – I think you could maybe feel that a little bit, you know, being present for our pro day. There's a, maybe a little bit more tension in the air, um, but yeah, it's not real football. You know, it's at the end of the day, it's it's you know, it is good to have some measurables, and that's all great. But you know, it's still nothing like seeing a guy play football live or being able to evaluate their tape. Coach, I want to ask you this question because we're seeing it in the NFL year over year. The pro game starting to resemble more of the college game. And in this year's NFL draft, they're projecting as many as five quarterbacks going in the top half of the first round. So I wanted to ask you, is the college game and and the evolution of it contributing to quarterbacks being more pro ready? It absolutely is, uh, without a doubt. I mean, I think you're seeing – you know, more NFL offenses trend that way, I think, for a lot of different reasons. And I, and I absolutely think that's helped, you know, so many of these quarterbacks as opposed to having to come in and learn things that are completely foreign to them or maybe things that they've never done in their high school or college career. To a lot of these guys are going into systems that, you know, really only the verbiage is different. And uh, that, that's, a, that's a huge difference. And I think it's smart on the NFL's part. Uh, you know, if you're going to – invest high draft picks and invest the kind of money you're going to in these guys you want to you want to be putting them in a situation where they can have success early and uh, what better to do uh you know than put them in a system that's similar to what they did in college you know Kyler Murray our, our great quarterback who's done a great job for the Cardinals is a prime example of that and I think one of the big reasons he's been able to have the success he is he has besides being an outstanding player is, is you know familiarity with the system that wasn't, you know, wasn't completely new to him year one. Coach, uh, speaking of Kyler Murray, what do you expect from him in year three of his career? I expect a lot. Uh, he was actually up here yesterday, and we had a, we had a good chat about it. And he's he's I know very motivated and excited, and I, I think. You know, for a lot of those guys, year one is still, you know, there's, there is a lot new, obviously, transition into a new league and, and all the differences, differences in the rules. I mean, there's just, there, there is a lot of changes. I, I think he really gained a lot of confidence with the, the way that those guys played last year and, and some of the big plays that, that he was able to make, their offense was able to make. And I think he's excited about a couple of key additions that they have. And, so, yeah, I, I expect a lot. I mean, I, I think people have seen, you know, he's, he's one of the best athletes on the field you know, each and every week, but, but the guy can really throw the ball and, and make a lot of winning plays. So he's, 
he's very confident. Um, I know he's excited about their team, and, and it'll be a lot of fun to watch him play. Coach, late last week, the Philadelphia Eagles decided that they were going to trade outside of the top 10 in this year's draft. There had been a lot of speculation prior to about them potentially being in the quarterback market, but it feels like that franchise is throwing the full weight of their support behind Jalen Hurts. What are you expecting to see from him in year two in the NFL? Yeah, it's awesome to see. You know, his his uh, his journey is is pretty unprecedented. So, but but no surprise to me that he would you know walk into a situation like he did here at Oklahoma, and and in a short amount of time make a big impact. And and he's you know clearly done that in Philadelphia. So, um, you know, he had a little bit different path than 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 both you know Baker uh, and, and Kyler did, and had to go in there and you know started off obviously as a backup and then got some opportunities uh as the year went on and and made the most of some of those opportunities and gave those guys a lot of confidence so um yeah i know i know he's i know he's i know he's really really excited for the opportunity not that he would ever say that i mean he's a pretty low-key guy but i know he's putting in a ton of work behind the scenes and um you know he's a guy that believes he's ready for this i mean no question about it i mean he he believes that this is a, a tremendous opportunity and Nobody's going to outwork the kid. That's that's not going to happen. And uh, you know, and I think he'll. There's when you're when you're the quarterback. There's a there's a difference between kind of hoping you're going to be the guy and then knowing and feeling you're the guy. And that and the added confidence that brings along to me can be a game changer. And I think it'll be a big deal for Jalen. Lincoln, when I watched Baker Mayfield play this season, towards the second half, I said, "Wow, there it is." Like that's playing like he's playing like a guy drafted at the top of the NFL draft. Like, what do you think changed for him to make him play that way, like he did the latter part of the year? Well, I mean, I think they've and hard to say because I know it's still a first year coach, but I think they finally had some stability, uh, you know, and and not just purely with the coaching staff, but with the kind of offense they're running, some of the players around them. I mean, the guys had. You know, however many head coaches and however many different coordinators, guys calling the plays, trying to, you know, design and package the offense in a in a the beginning of his NFL career. I mean, if if you're trying to script what would help make a young quarterback successful, like you know what's happened there in Cleveland would be the anti of that. Uh, but he is, you know, he's he's kind of hung on. He's, he's he's really really meshed well with with uh, Stefanski, and I think those guys have had a an offensive system that he could really settle into and really learn and get comfortable with. And I think you saw, you know, I think you saw a little bit of what, what this could be that second half of the year. And uh, another guy that I think is, you know, just to have some continuity coming back to be able to work through this off season and, and really, you know, even dive deeper into the same system and not be, you know, learning a different system like he's had to do every single year is a huge plus for him. Um, and I think he's got some, some weapons around him, uh, a good offensive line. I mean, he's got a group around him that he has confidence in, and, and for a quarterback, that can make a big difference. KJZ, we're talking with Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma head coach, and, and you know, I'm glad you said that because there's always discussions about young quarterbacks, and maybe if you just put them in the right situations, you can start to see their potential. And you've had, uh, obviously, a lot of them through that program, and right now you've got another stud, Spencer Rattler. What are your expectations for him uh, in year two with the program? Yeah, he's a he's a talented player. You know, he did a he did a great job leading us to the to the Big Twelve Championship and, and Cotton Bowl victory over Florida. And, and uh, you know, he's still, you know, he's 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 very very talented. He's a, he's an elite thrower, uh, but he's you know I, I expect a big jump from him. You know, playing you know your first year as a redshirt freshman and 
there's going to be ups and downs, and he certainly had both and, and was able to hang in there and I think learn a lot. And so I think he's improving athletically. Uh, and again, just, just that experience of having gone through it and understanding the areas that he's really got to dive into and improve, I, I think will be big for this kid. But it's, uh, yeah, it's actually, it's going to be nice. This will be the first year uh, in, in the last, I think, four that we actually have a quarterback that's returning. So um, I'll, it'll be nice on draft day to not have to worry about our quarterback leaving for once. Right, a lot of turnover with the program, of course. But, you you know, you keep you keep churning them out. When, when you look at the – like. You're obviously developing quarterbacks to win now, but do you have that in the mind of also for the pro game? Is that how it works with you? Do you think of it that way? Uh, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't do anything I thought was going to be detrimental you know, yeah. to, to the program, our chances of winning now. But I do think the way that our system is set up and, and a lot of the things that we ask our quarterbacks to do, I do think you know transition well to the NFL. And, and kind of goes back to the to the previous point of, the NFL's adapted a lot too, and I think that's that's made our quarterbacks, you know, more more marketable. I think it's made our quarterbacks, I think, just more appealing to to front office NFL guys. That that you know, there's for most of those systems out there, they they can't they can turn on Oklahoma tape and see just about anything that they want to see and get a good fair evaluation on how this guy you know does this in the pocket or this outside of the pocket or this athletically or this mentally, and so. Um, yeah, I just I think it's kind of set up there, and I think it's been a that's been a great thing for us and our guys because I think it's opened up some doors that, that uh, I mean I think ten years ago I don't know that Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray would have been the first pick in the draft, and uh, so I think it's been a real positive for us, and and I know it's uh, you know all of our young quarterbacks and our future young quarterbacks that's got them pretty excited. All right, coach, we're going to leave it right there. Thanks so much for your time. It was great to talk to you. All the best. Definitely, thanks, guys. All right, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma. Head coach, brought to you by Goodyear, on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. It's Keyshawn J. Will Zubin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So, coming up next, Todd McShay joins us to discuss his latest mock draft, and maybe he'll help ease my mind as the Jets fan at number two. That all comes up after Jay has this from Straight Talk Wireless. It's time for some straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half, <laughs> that feels really good. Like, walk-off home run in the ninth inning kind of good. Okay, maybe not that good, but pretty darn good. With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
I can't. I can't. <laughs> the people need to understand why this song uh, right now is significant, Chris Canny. I got to give context. So when I was with the New York Giants, I had a teammate, ain't going to call no names, nope. but he was a receiver. And he didn't get hype pregame listening to rap music no. or gospel. No. It was listening to Beyonce. Mm. And he wanted to hear all the single ladies. He wanted to talk about how going to the left. How is possible? I, d- I don't know how it's possible, but I-, I can't figure out how you can get your mind around going out there Gets the people for, going. for 60 minutes and-, and playing against the biggest and the best athletes in the world imagine, listening uh, to Beyonce. Uh, running a slam like. And you see the safety coming and you go, uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alan Hunt, Chris Candy oh, with Jay Will, KJZ, oh, and joining man. us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. I wonder what Todd McShay's hype music would be. ESPN yeah. NFL draft analyst joining us right now as his draft just drops. Do you have hype music like your, dra- your, your mock draft's about to drop? Do you have like a soundtrack, something that you just have to drop down and get your hype for? Or why you're taking notes, why are you getting prepared, Todd? Like, what are you it, listening to? It's, it's a lot more Jay-Z than Beyonce, I can tell you that. <laughs> okay, okay, I respect that. <laughs> so as we're looking at as we're looking at the draft, Todd, um, it's again quarterbacks going in the top three. That's not the surprise, but I think the first surprise, and of course Kyle Pitts, another conversation we'll have here. But the the very first surprise, and it's been it continues to be something that a lot of people are wondering why, and that's Justin Fields and having him. You have him right now at eleven going to the Patriots in a trade up for the Patriots. What is behind the intel that you have about Justin Fields, what seems to be him sliding down the draft? Yeah, again, I want to remind everyone, this is not my rankings. This is when I'm talking to people in and around the league and and where I think that they're going to go based off those conversations. I have Fields ranked ahead of Mac Jones. But I have Mac Jones going three ahead of Trey Lance, who I also have ahead. So I've got Trey Lance, Fields, then Mac Jones. But I have Mac Jones going simply because the people I've talked to in the league and some other reporters who have good information are saying that it very likely could be Mac Jones. Now, when this trade happened, when San Francisco gave up all the picks that they gave up, uh, the three first-rounders and the third-round pick, the first thing I thought was Trey Lance is a perfect fit. They've got Jimmy Garoppolo in San Fran. They can use him as a bridge to a quarterback who has all the talent in the world, all the mental processing in the world. It just is not ready yet in terms of his footwork and accuracy. So you you bring in Garoppolo, you have Garoppolo, you bring in Trey Lance, and you allow him to develop, and and Kyle Shanahan can get more out of Trey Lance down the road than probably a lot of the other quarterbacks that he's developed. But then I talk to people in the league, and everyone's saying that Mac Jones fits perfectly for what Kyle Shanahan wants. And he, from the mental you know, aptitude and the ability to pick things up, and Steve Sarkeesian, the offensive coordinator at Alabama last year, said to us when we prepared for three different games, you know, early in the year it was all about staying in his lane because he was a first-year full-time starter. Second game, we had, well, he's really progressing. We're starting to give him more and more. Third game later in the season, he said, I've given more to Mac Jones from an installation standpoint than any other college quarterback that I've developed, and he's developed a lot of good college quarterbacks. So I think that's part of it, but I'm not, listen, I'm not convinced. It was kind of a a coin toss between Trey Lance and Mac Jones at that number three pick, and then if Lance goes eight or if Carolina moves up to go get him, then you're sitting 
sitting there with Fields, and then Denver's a possibility at nine. Then you've got uh, New England at 15, Chicago at 20 in terms of teams that need a quarterback. And so I, I had New England move up to go get Fields. Listen, all five of these guys going in the top 11, that would be record-breaking. And Fields is probably the most physically gifted of all the quarterbacks in this class. Todd, in your latest mock, you have Kyle Pitts going fourth overall to the Atlanta Falcons. There's been a lot of debate about Pitts in the pre-draft process about whether or not he's the best non-quarterback or positional value in taking a tight end that high in the draft. And you look at your evaluation of him when you put him under a microscope and you watch the tape, what what makes it make sense to take a player like Kyle Pitts this high? I mean, he's up to like 245 pounds. He's close to six foot six. He ran in the four fours. And you see on tape, his ability, it's not just. It's not just the speed to get down the field, but it's his ability to get in and out of breaks, create separation. When he doesn't create separation, go up and make the contested catches, which I call late separation, you know. And and he he's not a great blocker. He's never going to be that in-line wide tight end, if you will, in the NFL. But he's he at least gives effort, and he works at it, and he's pretty good on the move. So I think he's as special a tight end as I've seen in the last decade coming out of the draft. And, and the way you can move Move him around. I mean, you can flex him out. You can you can use him in the backfield coming out as an H back. You can put him out wide. He can run routes and do different things than most tight ends that, that I've seen and evaluated over my 20 years uh, in the, in doing this. So that's why Atlanta. It was tough. Picks three and four were the toughest picks because San Francisco again. I thought Trey Lance made more sense, but then I talked to people. And then at four, Atlanta could very easily take Justin Fields at that spot, right? Or Trey Lance if Mac Jones goes three and. But I, I look at this and you say Matt Ryan is here for at least one more year, maybe two, because of the salary cap and the way they've adjusted his, you know, the hit that they will take. So uh, if you're going to try to win now and you put pits with uh, Calvin Ridley and, and Julio Jones, now you're giving weapons and you create a unique offensive scheme uh, that most other teams in the league don't have in terms of the, the ability to move guys around in the different parts they have. So. I, I think Pitts is is the best player in this draft that's not a quarterback, and it won't shock me if he goes four. And if he doesn't go four, I think he could easily go number five to Cincinnati, where I had Jamar Chase going as the best wide receiver in this class coming out of of LSU. Yeah, I'm sure Arthur Smith would love to have Kyle Pitts with that weapon. That would be dangerous. I I do want to ask you, Todd. I've heard a lot of experts talk about Penny Sewell, that he's a game-changer type of talent. I see on your mock draft that you have him dropping all the way down to 13 for the Chargers. Why, why the drop-off? That's a good question. I thought long and hard about putting him in number five. But then how do you – listen, Joe Burrow didn't have any protection last year in Cincinnati, and they're picking the number five spot. He had the ACL injury. They need to protect him better. There's no question about it. But how do you take a guy in Jamar Chase when he's staring you in the eye at that number five pick – and you go back to 2019 and study the tape where he set single-season SEC records for receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. And you know that the rapport is there, and Burrow knows how to get him the ball, and, and, and Chase knows how to, you know, when to look up and, and when to go back to the ball and, and how to work the scramble rules and all the other things that come with spending time with a quarterback as a receiver. So, I, again, I thought Sewell was a, was a real possibility at five. I went with Chase simply because of the connection there with Burrow. And it could be Pitts as well if Pitts doesn't go number four. They, they have a difficult decision to make, and they may have some trade offers with a team like Carolina 
Carolina sitting at eight, not wanting any other team to move up ahead of them to go get the fourth or fifth quarterback in this year's class. So it's it's really intriguing in that number, you know, that number four and number five spot with Atlanta and Cincinnati. Todd, before we let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you the Jet question at number two because it's 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 become now the thing where it's Zach Wilson at number two. But when we talk about power ranking the quarterbacks, I guess that's the nervous part for me as a Jets fan. Is Zach Wilson the second best quarterback in this draft? Or is it, like you said, off the intel, that's where he's going to go? I think he's clearly the second best quarterback. And listen, it's, it's difficult because Trevor Lawrence is number one. We all get that. Then Zach Wilson didn't play great competition this past year and had a shoulder and hand injury the year before. And you go to you go to Justin Fields, he was a two-year starter, but he didn't play well in the big games. Indiana against Northwestern threw a lot of coverages at him. The last game of the season, you know, those three games really stand out in a shortened season for him. Then you go to Trey Lance, only 17 starts at the FCS level, you know, in only one game this past year. So what do we have to, you know, in terms of comparisons with these quarterbacks? And Mac Jones only started 17 games, yes, at the SEC level, but he has three offensive linemen that are going to get drafted pretty high. He's got two receivers that could be top 10 picks in Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith, and a running back behind him, Najee Harris, who could very likely be a first-round pick as well. So he had everything around him. So it makes these quarterback decisions very difficult, but I'll say this when it comes to Zach Wilson. I believe more so today than I have ever before that the Jets are going to stay at two and take Zach Wilson and try to trade Sam Darnold, whether that's before the draft, during the draft, or maybe in the preseason if a quarterback gets injured for somebody else. We'll we'll find out. But they've got a lot of draft capital. They want to build for the future, and I think that they are more likely than not to take in a rookie quarterback to develop and and to utilize and to have much less salary cap based in that quarterback position than they would if they kept Darnold and traded out in number two to a team like Carolina trying to move up. Alan, do you feel better now? I, um, I feel better that Todd McShay explained it to me. That, that makes it makes a lot more sense. But, Todd, <laughs> you have to understand, I have that, that anxiety right now that Kyle Pitts, you can already give him the jacket and send him to Canton, and they'll pass on him, or uh, that Zach Wilson so could you, end up being you a want the Jets to You want the Jets to take Pitts at two? No, I want them to trade back and then take Kyle Pitts. That's I want them to get dra- draft capital to me uh, in this draft would have been great, but we saw the 49ers move up, and once that happened, it felt like, okay, that's off the table. That's, it sounds nice, man. It sounds nice. I get it. I'd, I'd love to move back, get another first-round pick, and, and get Pitts, but Pitts might not get past four. Yeah. So who are you going to trade with? If you trade with Carolina at eight, then you're, you're talking there. about Pitts being gone, Jamar Chase being gone, and then Detroit's at, at, um, at six, and they need a receiver, so now Devontae Smith is gone. So you're looking at Waddle being your best best option, and he, he's going to be a great pro, too. Mm-hmm. He's the most the electric Falcons, player right? in, in, in all of college football the last couple of years, but it's not Kyle Pitts and it's not Jamar Chase. So what are you giving up to move out of that spot? And do you believe Sam Darnold can be the guy? I I like him. I think Sam Darnold's going to be a good good pro, but I think he needs a, a change of scenery and a new situation in order to do so. Unfortunately, I agree, and but yet the anxiety remains. Todd, great to talk to you. Thanks so much, and we appreciate <laughs> you as always. Thanks, fellas. All right, Todd Wait, McShay's mock draft. You just say you didn't agree before. Well, I'm no, so confused I agree with you. the you idea of You were talking in the, circles. Right. <laughs> Don't know what Doesn't you're trying to tell explain me. everything, though, guys? Wouldn't you say it explains everything? Let's talk in circles <laughs> with the callers. We haven't had a chance to do that today, but you know what that last segment's all about. Before we let you go, we do some caller roulette. I'm not giving the rules. You should know them by now, and if you don't, eh, you're off. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Get in line now. 
But first, Jay will have this from Cintas. Today, people expect a new level of clean. That's right. Cintas provides a wide range of essential products and services that help businesses keep their facilities and employees clean and safe. Cintas will keep you well-stocked with essential supplies like face masks, hand sanitizer, gloves, and thermometers. Cintas will hygienically clean and deliver your uniforms. Cintas also helps you protect employees and customers with first aid, safety supplies, and fire protection services. Cintas helps you open your doors with confidence every day. Learn how Cintas can help you keep your businesses clean and safe at Cintas.com. Get Cintas and get ready for the workday. Hey, it's Greeny, and Thursday for baseball's opening day, I will have the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, live at 11 a.m. Eastern. See you then. It's Greeny, starting at 10 on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Line five is the kiss of death. Feels like it. Yeah. Line five. Like, it's always pressure on line five. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. So, reminder, by the way, Rob Manfred on Greeny, 11 a.m., must listen as it's opening day in baseball. We begin the new season, and the commissioner will join Mike Greenberg, 11 a.m., right on ESPN Radio. So, before we let you go, we're going to play a little caller roulette. Before we let you go, brought to you by Napa, whether it's next day delivery or getting involved in their local communities, Napa goes above and beyond to serve you because their motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. We know the rules here. A glass here. of wine. We know, I, I say know, Napa. Right? I'm like, oh, wine. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, are you are you uh, are you a cab or are you? A I'm a cab guy. Cab guy. Cab guy. Mm. Cab blend. Smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Every now and again, dabble in a Bordeaux. Yeah. Oh. Every now and again. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Sophisticated Canty. No, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not sophisticated, but I do a little Bordeaux. bit. I dabble. I stay at a Holiday Inn Express bit. from time to time. <laughs> yes, we're ready for it. You guys good? Yes. You guys all right here? Yes, we're we're right. good. Let's do this. So we know the rules again. Your name, where you're from. And then get right to the question. If you start with the chit-chat, you're out. Okay, we have no time for that. We're already late on the show. So, we begin. Let's spin the wheel. 
Line one, go. Christian, Salt Lake City. Uh, are my Utah Jazz number one contenders to go into the playoffs as the one seed or pretenders? To go into the playoffs as number one seed, I mean, I mean, yeah, oh, no, it seems like that's on lock, that, right? That, that's going to happen. Yeah. That's on lock. I, look, do I think the Jazz has a, have a legit chance? Yes, I do. Not if they see the, the Lakers in the second round, though. And if it's looking like that could potentially work out mm-hmm. from a seeding perspective, yeah. I, I do not know. Uh, at the end of the day, though, this, this is going to tell you everything you need to know about the Jazz. They can't get it done. Like, are we ever going to believe in the Jazz? No, no. If they don't get it done this year, are we going to believe in Donovan Mitchell being your lead guy? That's a legit question. Again, ask the question: When you play the Jazz, are you you have a sleepless night? If you play the Lakers at full health, you have a sleepless night. That is the biggest difference between those two teams. The Jazz are a great team, but in the playoffs, it's always about the stars. Spin it. Line three, go. Hey, this is Darren from New Jersey. I want to know what the realistic chances of the Browns making a Super Bowl are. I, I don't know, Darren. It, it's hard for me to see anybody being the favorite in the AFC over the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, barring anything happen to Pat Mahomes, I, I just don't see the Browns being able to get past that. Now, it was a competitive game in the divisional round, but the way that they dismantled the Buffalo Bills, I, I just – in that conference, it goes through the Chiefs. I don't know if the Browns are going to be able to get that done. All right, who would be number two then? Let's say something does go wrong with the Chiefs. Who's the second best then? Buffalo? I would, probably go, I would go with the Buffalo Bills. Yep. I really Ooh. like the Buffalo yep. Bills and what Sean McDermott is doing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So I wouldn't even put Cleveland as a second best. All right, spin it. No number five. No number five. No number five. Come on, number five. Whammy, we get number five. Line five. Better get it right today. Who's line five? You're line five. Okay, it's Laverne in Chicago. Are the Bears in line to get Mac Jones for quarterback? You want to take that, Chris? I, I mean, mean, I'm 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 seeing Mac Jones going as high as the three. Bears don't have a shot at getting Mac Jones. They're twentieth. What do you want? <laughs> They're twentieth. Like, I'm trying to think. He's got he's got five quarterbacks going to the top eleven. And the How Bears the, don't pick the, for another nine picks. Yeah, the Bears have no shot at being able to move up to get Mac Jones. They might have a chance to move up to get Justin Fields if he falls as far Ugh. as what Todd McShay's latest mock might suggest. But there's no shot that the Bears are going to be able to get Mac Can Jones. I ask you guys they're probably going to get Sam Darnold. Can I ask you guys a question? What's up with line five with us? I, like, every we time. play this game. Line five is I just, always I, I don't the understand whammy. why fans have this pie-in-the-sky thing. Like, you're not going to be able to move up to get one of those guys. That's why they're it's fans. Just not Maybe it was April Fool's We got to finish on a better call. Call. Let's go. Spin it one more time. Quick. Spin it. Six. Line six. Go. Quick. Joe from West Virginia. Are you concerned that a generational talent like Trevor Lawrence could get lost in the mix? And not succeed if Urban Meyer fails as a head coach? I am. The NFL should be. Come on, Chris. I'm not worried about it. I'm Why? not worried about Trevor Lawrence. I don't trust Urban Meyer, but I'm not worried about Trevor Lawrence. I think he's that good. I he's don't like, trust this Jacksonville. Is like, this is like Andrew Luck. This is like John Elway. How'd that work out? I was like, do you want to use the Andrew Luck Andrew reference? Luck's I, I, retired I, before he turned 30. I, you're right. Come that's on, fair, Chris. That's a fair point, but he's going to be that good. <laughs> Andrew Luck took that team to the playoffs. Enjoy Just saying. Day, everybody. Rob Manfred on Greeny. We'll see you tomorrow. Another Rob Manfred plug.